Welcome to Retro Game Redux. I'm Stephen Krekelow, a.k.a. Scuba Saul. And I'm John Kirby, a.k.a. The Kerplet. It's all tangents on deck for this episode. We'll discuss the importance of game manuals for retro games. We get an update on the current progress of Scuba's Black Box Challenge. We talk about the concept of retro games, modern games designed by the retro style. And finally, the truth comes out. We'll reveal some of the games in our massive Steam library that we still haven't played yet. Welcome back to Retro Game Redux. Scoops, how you doing today? Curb, I'm just okay. Um, I've been just sort of um, spending the weekend just doing some uh, some like kind of like out, out of my comfort zone kind of gaming. Oh um, yeah, like what? Well, I'll tell you. There's been a lot of talk about Hollow Knight recently uh, because I guess they're releasing uh, what Silk Song. What do you know? What Silk Song is? Yeah, Silk Song is the uh, the sequel to the original Hollow Knight game, yeah. Oh, so like it's a whole new game, right? It's a whole separate game. It's not an expansion or anything, and I've actually been looking forward to it for quite some time. So you played the original? I did, yes, on the Switch. Nice, nice. I'm assuming you're a big fan, because I know you like Metroidvanias. I am a big fan, yes. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan, okay. Can I just talk about why? Like, I need some, I need some, like, I need some advice. Okay, go ahead. Well, I keep losing all my Geo, and I know you need Geo to buy the, like, the crests and the stuff that, like, make the game, you know, easier and make it better for you. Is that, is that true? Yeah, so you do need to, uh, to accumulate some Geo. Yeah. Um, they're usually, I forget where the farm spots are, but, uh, yeah, there are some farm spots where you can definitely farm enemies and, and go and go from there. I found like like I just been far. I was farming for a bit in like the early game. Yeah. Like I I don't know. I forget the name of the place, but like just like killing like the the stupid little enemies and just like oh yeah near the near the surface like just yeah. below yeah. And like th that's the only thing I can do. Like I because I can't get to a shop and like I okay I just beat uh, what is it I, I I crystal guardian. I was in the crystal peak area. Okay, you know yes. And I beat, like, okay, like, first of all, fuck this game, because I just wanted <laughs> to fucking rest at a bench, and all of a sudden there's this asshole there who's, like, in my spot and kills me. So fuck that. <laughs> number one, fuck that. That's lame. That is kind of <laughs> no lame. Number two, once I beat him, I got 500 Geo, and I think, cool, I need to protect this with all of my life. And for the life of me, I could not fucking do it. And I'll tell you why, because I got the little thing that makes you fly, and I'm oh. flying back home. First of all, that is not free. <laughs> that is not free. I died twice doing that. <laughs> I was able to get my fucking Geo back. But then I saw this little thing, and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to fucking go down here and see what's down here. And there's yeah. one of those little, like, uh, like friendly, happy worm thingies. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, here you go, buddy. And then it started attacking me, and it killed me. Yeah. And then I and then I went back, and then and there's those those other assholes who just like make shards of glass that just appear all around you, and there's nothing I can do. And and you know I'm like, okay, well, 
what the fuck do I do here? And bef- because I have one shot to get my geo back mm-hmm. and I forget what it was, but I'm like, okay, I'm not too proud to look up, you know, help and hints from the internet. And they're like, well, you should have this equipped and this equipped. I'm like, well, I don't have any of those fucking things. Oh no. So now you got to go back and save the geo yeah. and get those upgrades yeah. just so you can have an easier time with what, you know, that point you're stuck on. And my, and my 500 geo is gone. Oh, so tell geez. me, tell me how that is a good game. <laughs> how, how should i like that curb <laughs> please <laughs> you probably probably shouldn't uh give, given all that frustration yeah I, I can i can easily i can empathize with you on that but but why do you like that why do you like that <laughs> why why do you like that kind of game i'm just curious i know i'm i know i'm sound frustrated Maybe it's just the challenge. Maybe it's the challenge of saving up and grinding a little bit. I, I mean, to me, there there is a point where grinding is just a little too much. When that's all you really, all you're really doing is grinding and grinding just to get a few incremental things. If that's the whole game, then yeah, I'm gonna grow to hate it. But I mean, I've grown to discover other things about the game that I really love. Um, the the environment in Hollow Knight is absolutely amazing. Uh, who, hey, hey man, the, the designers like, should be proud no, of themselves for that. No argument there. I'm yeah. talking about the game, though. The game, though, yeah. <laughs> the environment is not the game for me. The environment <laughs> is is just like, oh, that's cool for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. I can't play the game, Curb. I feel like I this game just makes me want to quit not only Hollow Knight, but every other video game. Because I'm oh, like, no. if, this is, if this is the games that people like... Then I guess I just hate video games. <laughs> Is this the end of the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> but okay, so what what advice can you give me? How 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 could I how could I learn to enjoy the game better? Hmm. Well, I would say seg- segmentalize it. Basically, hey, okay, so today I, I guess space it out. I would say would be one thing to do. Space it out you know, in whatever game session you decide to play, hey, this is okay. what I'm going to do. I'm going to save up, you know, yeah. save, save, save up, save point, save up, save point, you know, grind a little bit and then go from there. S- save up Geo, you mean? Yeah, save up Geo and then uh, go to a save point, save, save your progress, you know, just kind of red slather repeat and, you know, don't, yeah. uh, I would but say. But I did that. <laughs> did I did that. that. And, still, and wow. then I d- I did that, and then I tried to get to the shop, and I died on the way to the mm-hmm. shop. Have you tried different areas, uh, different areas of the game, to see if the grinding's a bit more manageable? I was stuck in the Crystal Peak. I couldn't leave. Oh, you couldn't leave? Oh, wow, that's right. I didn't have the thing that makes you fly. Oh. There's got to be a way to get out. And then when I finally got the thing, all the stuff that I had saved up, like thousands of points, just gone. Oh, that's rough. Okay. Yeah, it's rough. So tell me how that's good. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, point taken. <laughs> okay, so so we've agreed that Hollow Knight is a piece of shit. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'm glad I can convince you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I don't mean to take it out on you, Curb. I know the game is good to a lot of people. Mm. I, I just feel, I, I feel like a fool every time I play it. So, mm. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I should talk to my therapist about it. Um, so what other games have you been playing lately? You know, what's, what's been on the uh, bucket list? Well, I, I've been playing, I've been playing Isshin, you know, that, uh, latest, uh, RGG game. Um, and it's okay. Like I, I kind of like the sword play, but like, it's very mm-hmm. grindy. Like, yeah. I, 
it's it's not like the other it's not like a yakuza game i i would say it's um it's just like it's built for people who want to spend a lot of time playing video games oh it's built for grinders yeah and it's like that's cool and i like that i can at least save my game wherever i want um because you know i'm busy uh but you know, it's like I've quickly discovered that there's no way I'm going to 100% this like I uh, just did with uh, Like a Dragon and Kiwami yeah. 1. Uh, yeah, you platinum that game finally. Finally, yeah. It took me 110 hours. <laughs> so it's even longer than 110 hours, jeez. Yeah. But the thing is, the game the game is for the most part pretty fucking easy. Like I was playing on mm-hmm. expert mode, like legend mode, and it was still pretty easy. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I remember just... I remember encountering like a huge difficulty spike uh, at, at some point at normal mode in Yakuza 0. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I I eventually switched the game to easy just to it, it, insatiate my sanity. Yeah, the, good for you. Uh, <laughs> good for you. Because the, uh, the enemies at one point, the moment I get up and begin to move, boom, I'm getting punched in the face again. It's like, that's not fair. Can't even don't can't even somehow can't even block. Man, we should just get together and help each other out. Like, <laughs> sit with me, sit with me while I play Hollow Knight. And I'll sit with you while you play Yakuza Zero. And uh, all right, that's a plan. I need a coach. That. I need a fucking coach. Okay. Like I I I I'm determined to beat this game just so I can um just so like I will have earned the right to not like the game because I completed the game. So I've seen the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it. I beat a lot of games out of spite lately. <laughs> I was talking to A.A. Wallace about this. And yeah, he's like, I just played Metal Gear Solid 2 to completion out of spite. I hated it the entire way. <laughs> Do you think like a lot of people play retro games just to, to beat them out of spite or? Oh, man. Uh <sighs> I think a limited subset of people do, and I think <laughs> do, a lot of them stream. <laughs> do you count yourself among those people? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, like, the, the weird thing about streaming is, like, it sort of makes things feel like a job after a while, and uh, that's not good. So I, I, no. I literally just get sick of playing video games sometimes, and I'm like, mm. but... I like the act of streaming. Like I like chatting to people and I like just having a sort of standing appointment with being out of my own head <laughs> as someone who works from home. You just like being around people. I do. I do. And that's why I stream. Um, but, you know, the irony is mm-hmm. I, I end up playing these games that are way too difficult for, for my skill level and... And I can't even look at the chat because I'm just so immersed in the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do, man. Like, I, <laughs> I can't just play Animal Crossing and or like, you know, games that have no end or games that are just too easy. Like, it's it's just not, it's not what I'm about. So you always end up playing the the really hard, you know, grindy stuff. And then at the same time, you don't want to play the super casual stuff. So we got to find a middle ground somewhere for you, I think. I am really searching out for that middle ground. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good middle ground game. Like, I thought Castlevania was pretty good. Yeah, you seem to be having a good time despite some frustration at some points. Yeah, it was, it was bearable frustration, you know, because like... 
the thing I like, especially about NES games, is there's only so much game there. Like there's there's only so much to figure out in the game. Like it's yeah. not that complex. There's nothing that you would miss. And if you miss it, mm-hmm. like it's one thing that you can just probably get hinted at or just f- eventually discover. Like um, I was watching Jimmy play uh, Blaster Master and I'm like, yeah. you know you can strafe, right? And he's like, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on foot, yeah, you can strafe. Yeah, it doesn't tell you that, I guess. No. But um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't tell you it doesn't tell you a lot of things. Like retro doesn't tell you anything like even in the manual i i guess i guess in the manual it sort of tells you a little bit you know yeah but there's just a lot of a lot of things that are left to the player to discover uh for better or worse right yeah for better or worse yeah yeah i think the uh the manuals were a big uh leg up back in those days you know it's like you weren't getting something check the manual absolutely uh, not sure what the point of the game is. Check the manual. Can you think of any uh, experiences like that that you've had where it's like, oh, it's it just says it in the manual what I need to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's a popular acronym RTFM. Read the freaking manual. That really helped me out a lot in um, Zelda and Metroid. In what way? Uh, like, how did the manual help you? Oh, dude, the original Legend of Zelda manual is incredible. Like. You need that. Like, that is the most important tool in the game is that manual if you've never played it. Because it tells you what everything does, tells you what all of the uh, upgrades you get. Oh, so it gives descriptions of what it does. Yes, and it has a partial map for the game. And it also tells you how to get to the first dungeon, which is cool. Because it's like, you know, if you've never played a Zelda game, it's like, what do I even do in this game? Yeah, because like all you're given, all you know is that the beginning of the game, when you go into that first cave, the old man gives you a sword and just and there you are, you're thrust out into the world. It's like, cool. Now, uh, where do I go? <laughs> the manual for Legend of Zelda, like, it, 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 it was really significant to me, like in a way that like, you know, like this stuff is knowable. And um, I think more games should do that. I actually liked it so much, and I thought it was just such a cool artifact at the time that I found a print, like a a, a two print, um, like blow up of the the map pages. On the oh, thing. don't you have that on your wall? Yeah, that's what's behind me when I stream. You see, like the Zelda thing. Yeah, I noticed that. That's the original Legend of Zelda map. How about that? It's so cool, man. <laughs> I love it so much. I just love maps. Do you like when you have friends over? Do you do you do you point them to the map and go, look at that map? It's from Legend of Zelda. You ever seen this? This this map is amazing. You ever do that to friends? Absolutely not. <laughs> I am so ashamed of it. <laughs> you gotta understand that like it's the weird thing about me is that none of my friends play video none of my IRL friends play video games. Oh, they're all from your uh, your music music career. And they're older. Like Gen X, we weren't we weren't that hardcore like as as adults in in gaming. Mm. For the most part, like people born from like uh late 60s to uh early 80s, I would call that Gen X. Mhm. Like, we played video games as kids, like, in the arcade. We had consoles, and then we had to grow up and get jobs and, and, and put aside childish things as they, were, as they were considered back then. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I know, right? And I feel like I got a little extra 
a little access to a little extra youth by actually being less ashamed to play video games. Because there's such a stigma, man. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like, you know, like if I talk to any of my friends who are mid 40s, like I am to older, like they just think it's so like I told like even when I tell my stream video games are like, what the fuck, man? Like, how? how why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> wow. So in, in essence, would you say that video games are a bit of a guilty pleasure to you uh, today? I am. I'm, you know, I grew up Catholic. Okay. And my, my dad's mom, or my, sorry, my dad's dad uh, is uh, like a Ruth Russian Orthodox Jew, I think. So Russian Orthodox Jewish. So I, I have a lot of guilt <laughs> in, in my DNA. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just feel guilty about everything that, that, you know, like I feel guilty if I wake up with a hangover. <laughs> So when you when you do play video games, uh, do you feel like you're do you feel that youth come back to you when you play video games? Like, yeah, man, I feel like a kid again. I do, but then I feel guilty for feeling like a kid because I'm like, fuck, man, I'm gonna like I'm closer to retirement than I am to fucking childhood. <laughs> there are days that I feel, you know, my mind telling me, man, why are you still playing these things, man? Come on, what's going on? And then I realize again that video games are a bit of an escape for me. It allowed me to escape the stresses of life and just for the brief moment gets my mind immersed in something. Now, that's possibly something that helps with my ADHD or it could just be handling distress, coping with the stress in a weird way. I don't know. All I know is that I, I, I enjoy video games for that particular reason. I, I can honestly say it's a, it, it was, especially during COVID, a bit of a coping mechanism for me. To me, I, I don't feel like that's the healthiest way, you know, of dealing with, you know, some of my issues, but um, it's a way. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly better than drugs or alcohol. That's for sure. I'll take that. I'll take video games over that any day. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Certain games I can understand, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think any, any, anything in excess is bad. Oh, this is true. This is true. How many how many hours a week do you play video games? Um, with work lately, not as much as I used to, for sure. I would say about two to three hours uh, a night on nights that I actually do play games. So, if you could estimate it as a weekly number, mm, I'd say about sixteen something, eighteen hours, including weekends, maybe more, but not by that much. You know, I stream five days a week. Let's say it's four hours. Yeah. So that's 20 hours right there that I'm playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's probably a like a couple nights a week where I'm playing another two hours, three hours. So let's say another 10 hours, 30 hours a week. But here's the thing. I don't watch any TV, like zero. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, the most TV I get is... You know, when my wife is watching Netflix and I just join her on the couch with whatever she's watching. Lately, it's been Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy seems like, um, like I've never watched it, but it seems like a, a, a nice cozy show to watch on the couch. <laughs> no? It has its moments where it'll bring you to tears or kind of horrify you a little bit. My uncle is actually a right. surgeon uh, and he hates the show. Sorry, he hates the show? He cannot stand Grey's Anatomy. 
Because one, he's a surgeon; he knows what it's really like. It's like no, this that that and just about everything that happens on that show does not happen. Like all the relationship issues, mm. you know, all the drama and mm. stuff like that just does not happen. <laughs> That's got to be hard to see and see this sort of like fictionalized sort of, you know, even when it's overly dark, like this really dramatized version of what your day-to-day life is. I guess the only thing I could compare it to is like, because I was a, you know, touring musician in a rock and roll band. And, you know, then I toured as a tech and whatever. Uh, and you watch something like Almost Famous or you watch like, I don't, I'm don't i trying to think of like good, like rock movies or whatever, yeah. where it's like, you, you feel like, oh, wow, this is such a wild ride. <laughs> and it's like, you know... <laughs> So we so we won't discuss this as Spinal Tap. <laughs> I, I honestly think that's one of the more accurate depictions. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Because oh man, I'll tell you why. Because it nails the <laughs> sheer fucking lunacy of anyone who has to make that their living. And I would say has to because there's no choice. It's all you can do. And from my experience, it was all I could do. Like, I failed at a university. Wow. I hated working in the mall. I tried to get a job doing web design. I got fired because I didn't show up on time. Wow. Like, I just, I'm a giant fucking fuck up in my early 20s to to early 30s. So literally, like, music was the only thing that <laughs> I felt like I was good yeah, at. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the only thing you felt like you could you could make something something useful out of. Um. I, it's it was my only opportunity for um to make a living and keep my sanity and and, and it didn't even really do either of those <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's a lot of just it, it, you know to compare it to what you see like on TV it's like it's maybe like that for about half an hour a day and the rest of it is just like sitting around on your phone playing some stupid online game or or scrolling Instagram mm-hmm. and you know texting somebody back home and just waiting around to play and it's pretty darn boring (laughs) (laughs) i mean but that's when you get friends too you know if you if you can find them like i remember i remember a good chunk of the years before i moved from my hometown to where i am now Uh uh-huh most of those nights i would spend playing world of warcraft because i had a guild a uh, group of friends that i would play with and some of those friends i had known since my childhood so it helps to have friends to play with, for sure. For sure. I, I I completely agree. And it was always great to be in a band full of friends. And I was lucky that I was friends with pretty much everyone I've ever toured with. But there's a lot of like, okay, for example, you're touring Canada, especially in the early to mid 2000s. And it's an eight to 10 hour drive between some cities. And there's not a lot of cell service. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just a lot of like... Looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> just on just on the 401, just like, man, oh, look, a windmill. <laughs> I used to have friends for that, but uh, it's still boring. <laughs> At least you can commiserate on how boring I it is. I suppose, yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of worth it if uh, you get to play a, a rad show at the end of the day. But <laughs> I feel like we're just talking about my life for this yeah. episode. Um but I'll say this, uh, when there's nobody at the gig, when there's two, when you're playing a staff party, as it were, which means you're playing for 
not not a staff of people coming in for a show. You're playing for the staff of the venue, uh-huh. the bartender, the uh, the servers, the front of house person, and I don't know the owner of the club or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's at the gig, and you've you you drove ten hours to get there. That sucks. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no, no. I remember going to conventions and performing with my uh, with my improv troupe. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So as a reminder for those who don't know, I co-founded a improv comedy troupe uh, back in 2007 with some friends back in my hometown. And I remember the first. I remember the first gig like it was yesterday. It was it was the most memorable. I remember. Uh, talking with the convention um, planners, let's go. Hey, uh, I, I, I was assuming that we were going to get like a panel room or something to, to do our stuff in. What's memorable about this is we look at the schedule and we notice we're on the main event stage. We're not in a we're not in a separate panel room or anything like that. We're in the main events performing. Oh. So that's pressure right then and there. <laughs> so. For our wow. first show, I mean, we did okay, but man, right. we're, we're thinking to ourselves, man, are we made events worthy already? Like, are we ready for this? <laughs> and, uh, how many guys are, how many people are in the troop? Uh, about four or five people. So Four or five uh, people. One of them was working kind of as host duty. Uh, we right. our, our comedy style is based off Who's Line. Who's Line is it anyway? I love it. Yes. That was one of my favorite shows. It was a huge inspiration to me. So performing on a on a what it was for the convention a decently group uh, size of people turned out to be a really really fun experience i i thought i was going to be nervous and stammering the whole time and you know when we got on stage it's like you know what let's work with what we got and you know that's kind of what you have to do when you're in the entertainment industry you have to work with what you got absolutely yeah it does spend a five-year on and off, you know, performing uh, performance run. I, I'm assuming you had a bit of stage fright at first going into it. Yeah, at yeah. first, like before every show, there's always a little bit of stage fright. There's that nervousness. It's like, yeah. man, how big is the crowd? How big is the crowd going to be? You know, are they? Mm. Are, is the crowd going to be receptive? You know, it's it's mm. like I, I I assume something like that similar must happen to you before your shows. Uh, I never noticed it. Oh. And I was trying to think about why it's like, I mean, part of it is just like, I feel like I can turn on a different side of me. Okay. Like, like a light bulb comes on when I'm on stage or when Mm. I'm like in front of people, just, just as the center of attention sort of thing. Okay. Uh, So like, I always felt that like I could just put my sort of normal shy, you know, socially anxious kind of person, you know, my persona rather um, like out of the way. Mm. But lately I've been thinking like, no, I probably just didn't notice it because I was just, I'm just anxious all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're, it, that switch is constantly on. It's taped down yeah. so no one can switch it off. It's, there's no, there's no st- stage fright and then calm. It's just fright. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I'm built, I guess. Does that translate to your streaming too, where you still have that anxiousness? Um, you know, I don't really get, I don't, I, I've done it so much, you know, like I've streamed, I want to say like, I want to say like close to a thousand hours at this point. Yeah. I'm trying to think like sometimes 40 hours a week, you know, not 40 hours, sometimes 20 hours a week, not 40, 20 hours a week (laughs) times 50 weeks, let's say a year. So that is, Mm -hmm. is that a thousand? I'm not sure. I think we got to bust out the calculator for this one. 
Please erase this, by the way, because I, I, I'm, I'm already self-conscious about my math ability. <laughs> <laughs> it stays in. No, Actually, leave it, leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it All in. All right. <laughs> like, while I'm looking this up, I want to see how, how, how much I've streamed. <laughs> I want to talk to you about my uh, my NES black box uh, trials and tribulations. Yeah, because we beat finally beat Clue Clue Land. Yes, you did. That was awesome. What game are you on right now? I'll tell you. We we did. Um, I did Clue Clue Land. I beat level twenty one or whatever it was, and then the next day I beat. I want to say five games in one day, and that was Thursday, including Duck Hunt. I might add. Yes. So. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Donkey Kong Jr. Math, which is what I want to talk about. <laughs> so four Donkey Kong games in a row. Well, I'll explain. And then Duck Hunt. And the reason I was able to do five in a day is because the clear conditions are based on the Mexican Runner's uh, NES Mania playthrough, where he played through all the Nintendo games. Oh, okay. So you had certain conditions that you kind of self-imposed for that. Yes. So... The, the clear condition for Donkey Kong is beat three levels because then it just loops. Okay. Yeah. So it just, it literally just loops. Yeah. It does continually loop. And I've actually been playing Donkey Kong for the NES on the Switch online. Yeah. I think I've cleared like 30 something levels or 20 something levels. It's pretty intense. It gets harder and harder each time. Wow. I just saw how much I've streamed since I started streaming. Oh, man. What are we looking at? 2,858 hours. Wow. Right? That's a pretty big achievement. Congratulations. Right? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, could call, you could say congratulations or maybe this is just a waste of my time. But yeah, holy shit. Uh, so yeah, the, the, fe the fear kind of subsides, but I do get nervous when I'm playing a game that I'm not good at that I just feel like I'm on the spot and it's a game that other people are good at or people, people like know how to do it. People love the game. You know, yeah. you know, you can talk, you can look at episode two if you want to learn more about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I'm mid forties. I went to, I went to elementary school in the mid eighties and that's when I learned how to do long division. And then I hadn't used it since because you know, fucking calculators exist. <laughs> and then I had to play uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Math, which is long division. I don't even remember how to do long division. I know that it exists, and I know that you're trying to find a quotient and a remainder, but either I learned it in a completely different way than this game is teaching, or I totally forgot. Yeah. Because you wouldn't believe how like embarrassed and, you know, frustrated I felt trying to learn how to do long division in front of 20, 20 viewers. Maybe it's the way that it was done in uh, Japanese school. Nah, it's sort of like, it makes sense now. Like I, okay, I, I looked up some websites and I'm like, well, I guess this is how they do, you're supposed to do long division, but I just didn't remember. Oh. Right. So like, 
I felt bad about it all weekend. I fucking timed Jimmy out because he tried to, he highlighted an answer. He's like, Scoobs, this is how you do it. And I'm just like, fuck you, man. Like that, like, I know that that was the kindest thing that he could do in his, in his eyes. But for me, it was just like, it just felt like such a slap in the face to my pride. (laughs) (laughs) And you punished him for it. Well, I, you know, it was a joke, but like, at the same time, it's like, I don't want to be looking at that. And so... I don't know. I felt bad all weekend. Um, so I'm sorry, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, that's the only time I get stage fright is when I'm like on the spot and things are not going well, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just want to feel like, I just want to feel like I'm in control. Kind of take charge of your own destiny. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, ultimately I'm putting on a show, you know, I'm, I'm giving people, I'm trying to give people something entertaining to watch. And sometimes I just feel like I'm just not entertaining because like I'm either like acting childish, I'm losing my temper, I'm hating a game that I, I made the choice to play or I'm bad at a game that, you know, it's not fun to see someone that like, I'm thinking about the one time I tried to play control on stream. (laughs) It's a bad game for me to play. I actually need to play that game. Like, ever since I watched Bernsey play that, I was like, I need to play it. And I finally got it on Epic Game Store. They were giving it out free. And it's like, oh, I'm going to snatch that up because I've... Yeah, that's how I got it. Yeah, that's how you got it? Nice. Yeah, speaking of, I, you know, the, the other game that I, like, because we started this by like, hey, what are you playing lately? Yeah. My other out of my comfort zone play play is I really want to finish the story in Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, okay. I've never played it. Because I'm a big fan of the old ones. And I, yeah, like, it's such an old game now. And everyone plays online. I don't like online. I, I just want to play by myself. I don't, I don't like playing with friends or against people. You just want to experience what the game has built, you know, you know to given to offer. Yeah, I just don't want to be beholden to anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who needs extra help in, in the crew, you know? It's like, nah, I, I, I don't care to feel like that. I, I, I just want to accept my limitations and just play by myself. Mm. <laughs> I Maybe that's antisocial. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so I downloaded that game because I got, I think I got that game for free as well or very cheap. It was like ridiculously cheap, like maybe $10 at the most. Yeah, I got the game free on Epic uh, when they were giving that out. Okay. Yeah. So me too then. Me too. <laughs> Maybe we should check it out and compare notes. We could, yeah. One game that's actually caught my eye recently, and they've released a demo for it. <clears throat> it's a retro, like art. Uh, when I say retro in this instance, I'm talking about retro, like 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 a faux retro, like it's designed to look retro. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual term. I actually found out was a was an actual word. R e t r a u x. For those wondering how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> retro <laughs> yeah so one example of retro uh is Mega Man 8 you remember when that was released and looked just like an nes game yeah yeah that's that's an example of retro it's literally designed uh shovel knight's another another example of retro what about like celeste where there's like some lighting effects and shit but like it's a pixel art kind of game Hmm. I think maybe it could fall in the realm of retro. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not 100 sure. It's kind of a kind of a middle ground, I think, between modern and, and retro. Yeah. Like, what about like Minecraft? 
Ooh, man, Minecraft's its own little own thing, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the game in question I've been th- looking at recently, it's called Victory Heat Rally. Uh, it's a racing game. Victory Heat. Okay. And when you play the game, you may feel like you've been transported back into, into a game like Outrun. Oh, dude, this looks incredible. I'm looking right? at screenshots. Yeah, the screenshots are amazing. I love rally games. I've played rally racing games since I was a kid. But this is more this is more closer to a racing game with drift mechanics and stuff. And cool. It's fun. It is so fun to play. Like the demo, awesome. you know, the demo's free, obviously, there for you. Go download it on Steam. It's called Victory Heat Rally Shakedown Demo. Um, I, I am <clears> downloading it as we speak. This nice, so yeah. Great. Yeah, and the oh, music's also awesome. incredible. You're you're gonna love the music, I think. I tell you, the Outrun soundtrack is I want to say top five uh, video game, like retro video game soundtracks for me. Yeah, this game will kind of inv- invoke that feeling a little bit, like like it, it has those Ridge Racer, Outrun, you know, techno yep. surf vibes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love stuff like this. It it looks like Outrun though. Yeah, it's it's like Outrun meets like. Maybe like Virtua Racing, but like it's very cartoony and pixely kind of. Yeah, almost a little bit like F-Zero in a way, too. That's cool, man. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing lately. Uh, that and I've been playing uh, more. I've been playing um, more Awakened Evil. I, I got to level four now. Good for you. And I've gotten to the boss and I can't beat the boss. I almost had him at one point, but I didn't quite get there. It's funny how like you were able to make it through Hollow Knight, yeah, and not totally hate the game, but like Awakened Evil is 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 giving you like the I would say the type of challenge that I'm facing in Hollow Knight. It just sort of shows that like everyone has different skill sets, I guess. Exactly, and I'm slowly slowly learning to overcome the limitations that the game imposes as far as controls go. Uh, I remember mm. you talking about it a couple episodes ago. Uh, during the Awakened Evil episode, I think, uh, where it's the commitment yeah. to a jump. That's been one of my biggest problems to overcome, and I'm starting to get there now. Oh, good for you. So if I can beat this game, man, I, I think I can do well in some Castlevania whenever I pick that up. Hey, man, I would honestly do Castlevania 1. Like, you might even want to put this on, on pause and do Castlevania 1, because it... Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that this game maybe is assuming you already know. Okay. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, it's like, I feel like I was able to pick up Awakened Evil pretty quickly because I'd played Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, and I think Chronicles, and a few, maybe a few others. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But I'm, uh, I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun now. Stick with it. Yeah, I think once you, once you sort of um, accept its limitations, then um, you're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. have a better time in, within that framework. I hope so. And if not, then you know, so be it. Um, you know what I just thought about? You know the game Jump King? Yes, I do know what Jump King is. I should play that more. Um, I feel like that's like. The Castlevania commit to your jump mechanic taken to its its illogical extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you put it as illogical extreme. Yeah, like because a game like this shouldn't work, but it, uh, from what I've heard, it does. I haven't played it myself, and I should probably give that a shot sometime. 
see how far I get before I go give up in frustration. I I thought it was really fun, uh, but I I only played it after a couple couple brewskis, so it was like I wasn't really caring how well I was doing. I I was not getting very far. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like one of those kind of getting over it kind of thing, but it's in a, in a retro oh, okay. fashion. Oh, oh, when you say getting over it, like getting over it with Benny Foddy, yeah. is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've played that game. That That's an exercise in frustration. Did you play it or did you, did you complete it? I, is what I meant to ask. I haven't completed it. I couldn't complete it. I, there are points in getting over it that are, for me, were just, I couldn't overcome. Yeah. And, you know, one mistake and I'm sending back, sent back so far in progress and getting sent back so far in progress is one of my things that gets me to, to put down a game for the time and just walk away. Cause otherwise I was just, I was just going to lose it. So I'm like, you know what? Set it down, walk away, come back when you've had something maybe to eat or drink, you know, That's, check on, check on the misses. It seems, um, strangely familiar to me. <laughs> given what i've been playing this weekend yeah <laughs> i you know the, the last time I, I played hollow knight i'm like i'm just gonna walk away for a little bit and that was nine months ago <laughs> nine months you haven't played it in nine yeah, months I'm like okay maybe the rage has subsided nope it's still there nope still there <laughs> yeah i see like i feel like i wish there was more of a castlevania feel to the platforming in hollow knight because it's just like I, I promise not to talk about this for much longer, but like I just feel like okay, I feel like the controls want to be tight and uh, accessible to the to the player. Like you can kind of do what you want, but like yeah, yeah, I just I just feel like there's something not quite right about it for me. Like first I didn't like how like I was just missing my jumps and just hitting the corner, and then I got wall jump, and then I'm like, oh well, I'm accidentally wall jumping everywhere. And uh, the dash and stuff. It's like, ah, I don't know, man. This is, <laughs> I guess, you know what it is? It's like, it's, it's, it's Mega Man X mechanics. Yeah, that's kind of how I approached it when I was playing Hollow Knight. It's like, man, that's, it's got some Mega Man X controls. And that's something I, I've played for years and I'm used to those. So it's like, okay, that, that makes okay, more sense. Okay, well, that fucking explains it. That's why you're good at Hollow Knight and I'm good at Awakened Evil. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just like. I didn't find it completely frustrating. Well, it, I think maybe it's more like why well, it makes more sense to you because you've played games like that. It's it's literally yeah, it's literally just like um, getting used to uh, what the game is asking of you from a mechan- like a, a a movement sort of um, a movement perspective, right? So yeah, yeah, there are rules to the mechanics. You just gotta learn to to work within those rules. The other thing is, I I, I found out at the end of my uh, time in the crystal fucking prison or whatever it was oh the crystal peaks yeah they're like yeah uh don't go here without buying this lantern because then you can't then you can see where where what everything where everything is around you i'm like well fuck maybe i should have known that before i went there (laughs) (laughs) although i wouldn't be able to afford it anyway (laughs) oh man so I have this backlog of like retro games that I need to clear. I need to just get this because I buy them because I'm like, this This seems like something I want to play. This Yeah, like this looks cool. Buy, like, and you just never get time to get to it. Right? Let me just, I'm just going to scroll down my Steam uh, games list. And this is just Steam, mind you. This isn't uh, yeah. what I have on Switch or 
or um, or PlayStation or whatever. Although most of, most of the stuff I buy for Switch for for Steam. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it starts with Axiom Verge. That game is fun. Very fun. Mm-hmm. I have actually beaten it. Yeah. Blazing Chrome. Never heard of that one. Blazing Chrome is like a Metal Slug ish, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Blazing Blazing Chrome uh, looks amazing. I've never played it. Uh, there's three Bloodstained ger- games that I have. Oh, nice. Yes. I have just the first one, which is Ritual of the Night. That's the one I have. Yeah, I have Ritual of the Night. I have Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon 2. Okay, I need to get the, the Curse of the Moon games. Uh, I've heard good things about them. Right. Speaking of Cursed, I have Cursed Castilla, Castilla, Cursed Castilla X, Matilda Castilla X, which is basically, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm definitely not pronouncing that right, but it's basically like a, a ghouls and ghosts um, sort of oh. homage type game. Nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, I have <laughs> moving on. Cyber Shadow. There's another one. I think I saw Paz playing that or I saw somebody playing that. I'm like, this looks amazing. It looks like, uh, like a mm-hmm. Ninja Gaiden meets kind of like i don't know like like a cyber ninja game basically nice okay uh what else do i have dungeon in a bottle i don't even know what that is Uh, dungeon in a bottle yeah Hmm. Uh, dungeon in a bottle uh that looks retro i have frog fractions i've played i guess that's not really (laughs) i've also played frog fractions excellent game 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 of the decade i would say I would say, yeah, game of the game mm-hmm. of the century, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of Ghost? It's just called Ghost. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't heard of that. Or 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 is it Ghost One Ghost One No, no, I haven't. It looks like a Metroidvania. Um, I'm not sure if this is exactly uh, retro, but okay. It looks like. Yeah, it basically looks like a like a Metroidvania. I I probably got that in some like. 10 games for a dollar bundle because i for some reason like i just i I fall victim to those kind of games uh, those kind of deals like like some some stupid game reseller that i bought one game off five years ago is like you can get 10 games for three bucks and one of them could be this eighty dollar game but they're all just games that nobody wants (laughs) (laughs) Um, the messenger I played, the messenger is excellent. Um, mm-hmm, it is mighty goose. Have you seen mighty goose? Uh, no, I've not heard of that one. Mighty goose. Um, kind of like shmuppy kind of thingy, maybe platformy shmup thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it looks really awesome. Um, cool. Panzer Paladin. Ooh, Panzer Paladin. I've heard such good things. I want to play that. Yeah. It looks so cool, right? It looks amazing. I can't believe I'm not even done yet. Like, there's, <laughs> this is just like, let this be. This is our let's catch up with Curb and Scoob's episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Shovel Knight. I've, I have I've played the main the main sort of one. I don't know if there's a main one, but uh, I've played through so, some part of Shovel Knight. But there's there's also there's there's all those other like there's King of Cards. There's yeah, there's the there's the the two different campaign. There are three campaigns with right. Plague Knight, um, what's his name, Knight, and then King Knight. Yeah, so there's so there's all those. Um, I've played all through all three, and they're all fun. Yeah, and, and the list goes on. Um, I can't even tell. There's so many. There's so many of these games that like I can't buy any new games. So 
if I'm listening to this, <laughs> don't buy yeah. any new games. <laughs> you have 100 <laughs> games that you need to complete first. <laughs> Scoops, put your wallet down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it feels ADHD, man. I just keep moving on yeah. without uh, taking care of business. <laughs> I've got I've got a number of games on my list that, you know, that I haven't played that I bought knowing that I wanted to play. Hotline Miami is one of those. I also have that one. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um one. I did play through Blasphemous. That's so fun. What's Blasphemous? Uh Blasphemous is a Metroidvania style game. Okay. Uh yeah. So it's retro yeah. style. Yeah. It's very, um, I don't want to, I, I don't know if gory is the right term, but very uh, shock horror in some aspects. Very religious, zealot-like themes going on in the game. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think you might enjoy it. That's cool. I speak, of, you know, they also did a bit of a tie-in with Ritual, uh, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. No way. You know, they had a little side campaign. They had a little, uh, little campaign going for a little expansion with, Bloodstain. So the main character kind of appears hmm. in the game, and you have some fun, challenging side missions that you can do. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of Metroidvanias, have you heard of the Mummy Demastered? The Mummy Demastered. I I think I may have played a demo of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be like a pretty cool Metroidvania-ish type of thing. Yeah, it's set like, in like the 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 universe of like the mummy and like the uh, the MGM horror vi- um creatures and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 more like <laughs> the mummy has a gun. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. It it looks kind of contra-ish in its in its gameplay. Like I'm just looking at it. Like I haven't played it. I have no idea. Yeah, 16-bit 2D non non-linear looking. Oh, okay. What do you think it is that like we're so attracted to that style of games? Uh, I think part of it, maybe there, there's a part of it that has that nostalgia. Oh, it looks like the games I used to play as a kid kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I, for me, at least I'd like these games also because, uh, it's a more simplistic style, but also can lend to a great deal of creativity in that, in that simplicity, like with whatever limited amount of pixels available, you can convey a great deal if you get creative enough. Mm. That's a good point. From my perspective, like, you know, like I feel like I can't see things as well as I used to, like wh- whether it's perceiving them or actually my vision. Okay. Like, so I need things to be pretty simple looking for, for me b- to be able to comprehend what's on screen. Okay. So like a game, like, I don't know, I've seen Risk of Rain being played and I'm like, there's no way I could ever play that. Definitely it's heard of that. Too- yeah. Yeah. There's just too much commotion on the screen. I wouldn't know what to make of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, we, I inter- I totally interrupted you though. What? What? Any other games that you uh, have on your on your docket to be played? Let's see. Let me also scroll through. Uh, let me also scroll through Steam and see what we got here. There's Carrion. Uh, Carrion. Oh yeah. You've heard of great. Carrion? Yeah, I saw. I saw Nova K play that. I played one of the little side mission things. I've never played through the full uh, game, and I I want to do that. Looks cool. A uh, friend gifted me for my birthday, Cult of the Lamb. So I've been actually kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I've seen that being played. That looks really cool. Jimmy was playing Dead Cells and I kind of want to get back into it. I played a little bit of it, getting, didn't get too far. Yeah. Um, I need to finish Death's Gambit Afterlife. That's a that's a fun game. Uh, Death's Gambit, kind of a, a retro style, um, more like more akin to Castlevania than a Metroid. 
Mm. Yeah, so mm. Death's Gambit Afterlife. I think it's a remaster, in a way, uh, of the original Death's Gambit. Now, do you mean more akin to Castlevania in, in, in that it's like a, like the linear Castlevanias, or just in the in the graphic style? A graphic style, I would say. Graphic okay. style, and uh, a little bit like Symphony of the Night, which you're uh-huh. trying to find, find your way around just to get to the next port. Uh, port, but also a little bit of linearity as well with that. It's kind of a mix. Cool, cool, cool. We just we've basically just been talking about nothing for I want to say an hour now, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like it was pretty interesting, <laughs> right? It felt it felt good to go entirely into a tangent, just about anything. This, yeah, can we just call this episode "Oops All Tangents"? Oops All Tangents. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Any anything else that has just popped into your brain? I don't know. It felt good to just catch up and see what what you know what each of us has been kind of doing lately. It's good to kind yeah, of peek like, into the personal life and so to speak. You know, it definitely felt good to talk about my feelings with you. So thank you for uh, thank you for the therapy session, uh, <laughs> Kerblet. Send me an invoice. Shall I book an appointment for next week, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'll reach out when the time is right. Sounds good. <laughs> well, Curb, uh, I hope you have a great week of gaming and of IRL shit. If anyone else uh, wants to chime in on any retro games or or, or their feelings, um, we are not licensed therapists, uh, by the way, but uh, no. if you've had similar feelings playing games, um, it would definitely make me feel better to hear them. <laughs> We'd love to hear your stories. Yeah, you can reach us at hello at retrogameredux.com. Awesome. And um, we both stream. Uh, if you hadn't already figured that out, Kerblet, you're at twitch.tv slash the curblet the curblet mm-hmm. yes i am and you are you good sir are at twitch.tv slash scuba song. as always um come and uh watch me and watch me hit three three thousand hours of total streams coming soon <laughs> and watch scoops uh, complete the uh black box challenge he's been working yes. on uh, what game are you on right now i'm about to start excite bike Excite bike. I'm love that game. I'm excited for the excite bike. I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I was a huge dirt bike fan as a kid. Like, oh yeah, all I wanted was a dirt bike. <clears throat> did you get? Did you ever get to ride them as a kid? Uh, my best friend in elementary school had a dirt bike, and he lived on a farm. Oh okay. Yeah, we'd go have a sleepover, and we would boot around on his little CR80 dirt bike, but also. Yeah. We'd play Excite Bike. Oh man! Yeah, so a lot of nostalgia there. <laughs> so in real life and in the video game world, hell yeah, the best of both worlds. Anyway, um, enough tangents. Uh, let's call it a <laughs> let's call it a fun episode, and we'll be back next week for another one. All right. Until then, everyone, keep on gaming. Keep on gaming. <laughs>